Welcome to High Caliber Dating and Relationships. My name is Michelle Wax, and throughout this time together, you'll learn how to stand out in a crowded dating world and build the confidence, mindset, and practical strategy to catapult into a great relationship that lasts. I've worked with hundreds of people across the globe on transforming their dating and relationships to a high caliber experience where they feel energized, supported, loved, and excited for life. I'm so excited you're here. Let's jump right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited today because we have a very special guest here on the podcast today, Linda Clemens, who is a world-class body language expert. She has over three decades of experience in this area, and she's going to introduce herself at the start of the interview, but really, we are going to get into how to start using this to your advantage in your dating life and beyond. So what we get into today, you're going to, of course, be able to apply this when you go on dates, when you're in your relationships, when you're having human interactions, and you're really going to be able to use it in every interaction that you have with any human being, whether it's on a date or at work or, you know, in your community, really how to start using this nonverbal communication to your advantage. And I'm so excited to have Linda on the show today because from so many of you, I hear that you tend to overthink. You overthink what you are saying, what you didn't say, what you should say, right, what you should be doing. And really, Linda is going to get into the power of our actions, how we're using our body language, our tone of voice, all of those things that aren't actually what we are saying. Of course, the words we're saying are important, but we're going to get into the power of using everything else that's happening in a human interaction to your advantage. And there is a lot. So today we're going to get into really how to start using body language to your advantage on dates and beyond, why all of this matters so much in creating a good impression or a good interaction with someone else, what to look for in your date um, in terms of their body language and their facial cues in order to see, are they being truthful? Are they enjoying themselves? All of that good stuff. We're going to get into how to tell really if someone is lying to you and really the cues to look out for for this. Um, Linda has a great course on this on Mind Valley, and this is also something that we get into in the Be the One Dating Accelerator, which is my signature program. So whether you join the Accelerator, you join Linda's program, or you do both, which I recommend, of course, really, I encourage you guys to take notes in this episode. If you are driving or taking a walk or not able to take notes, come back to it because there is a lot of things packed into this that has the power to shift any interaction you have for the rest of your life. So without further ado, let's jump right in. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Today we are here with Linda. And Linda, thank you so much for joining. I cannot wait to get into everything today. If you could just start off sharing a little bit about yourself and your expertise before we jump in. Thank you so much. So it's exciting and congratulations on what you're doing and how you are serving your audience. So my name is Linda Clemens and I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. 
I am the CEO of Sisterpreneur Incorporated. So think of entrepreneur, but as you being my sister from another mister, sisterpreneur. So we help women entrepreneurs build and grow and scale their businesses so that they can not only uh, make an impact for their customers, but that they can give back their, to their communities, the nation and the world. That's part of our mission. But what I do personally outside running my company, I have two areas of expertise. One, as a sales expert, and the other as a world-class body language expert. So I, it's like one of those people, like you see, they say you see on TV, they read your body language. That's me. That's me. Mm. That's what that's what I do, Michelle, in a nutshell. Ooh, I can't wait to get into this because this is what we're going to be focusing on today is all about how to really improve your body language on your dates, in your day-to-day life, and really why it all matters. Um, so that leads me into our first question for today is why does this matter, right? Improving your body language, how is it going to improve everyone's dating life, but also just their day-to-day life as well? Well, if you think about this, our body language, our nonverbal was the first communication we had before we were able to utter a word, to say anything, because as as little babies, you don't come into the world speaking and uh, you make sounds. And it goes back even to primitive times where the grunts, the groans. So it is your body language that will indicate if you open your hands and your arms and you're exposing the chest area, the heart area, you're opening like you're opening up the door to your heart as to say, welcome. You know, where you approach someone, are they friend or are they foe? That's how our primitive brain works. Anytime someone comes in our presence, you know, they don't have to say anything. You're asking yourself, who is this person? Are they going to be, the brain is saying, the amygdala, is this person going to be my friend or are they going to be a foe? Because we're going into that protective stage. So it's your body language that says a lot. And I got to tell you this, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm going to clementize it a little bit. So I'm going to say some of my favorite quotes, but I'm going to clementize it, put my own seasoning in it. But it's by Emerson. And it goes like this. I cannot hear what you are saying because who you are being is getting in the way. I'm going to say it again. I cannot hear what you are saying because who you are being is getting in the way. How often, and Michelle, you've heard the phrase, action speaks louder than words. And if my late granny was alive, she would say, baby, I hear you talking, (laughs) but I don't see you walking. So it is your actions that will be remembered when you leave this earth. Quite often, we forget what people say, unless the quote was profound and it meant something to us. But we remember what people do, how they act, how they behave, and most importantly, how their actions made us feel. So your body language is is, is critical. And if I may, because I, I, you could tell, your audience probably can tell, whoa, she's a little excited about this subject. And there was a study done well over 50 years ago by Dr. Maharabian, who is out of UCLA, and he may still be around, you know, but what... The study was talking about is how we communicate, interact, interpersonal skills. And according to the study, our words are 7% of our communication. 7%, Michelle, 7%. And just think if there was a language barrier, perhaps you didn't speak the foreign language. So now the words are gone. So 7% of our communication. So are the words that are coming out of our mouth, are they powerful or powerless? 
poison or potent, passionate or passive. Just saying the word cancer can invoke fear in over 12 languages. So words are critical. And once they're out, we can't retrieve them. In the study, 38% of our communication is tonality. You know, there's a saying that goes, it's not what you say, but how you say it. I've got a Linda, I'm acclimatize it. It's not just what you say and how you say it. Michelle, it's what they hear. So for your audience, just listening to my voice, if I say this, I saw Steve and Sandy at the mall the other day and they were alone, okay? I mean, big deal. But what if I say it like this? I saw Steve and Sandy at the mall the other day and they were alone. Same words, different tone. Mm. And then, so that's 38. And then Michelle, our body language is 55% of our communication. Wow. So if you add the 38 and the 55, 93% are of our communication, over 93% is nonverbal. So yes, I took the long route, the scenic route to answer mm -hmm. your question, but that's how important our nonverbals are. Mm, thank you for sharing that. And that's something that I have heard of that study before. And it's something that I teach in my, one of my accelerator programs is how important, right? These nonverbal things are. So thank you for really sharing that because I think so often, especially I hear with clients and people that I talk with that they tend to overthink what they're saying. And while those things that you're saying are important, like you were sharing, we have so much more potential, right, in those nonverbal areas that we can use to our advantage, right, instead of letting it kind of be to our disadvantage or not helping us in those day-to-day -day situations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And so say that, you know, someone is going, maybe it's a first date, maybe it's even a second date, or even just they're meeting someone out in the world at like a networking event or a social event that they're interested in you know, romantically, right? Or dating, what are a few things that you would recommend that someone who is unfamiliar with, you know, tapping into body language right now, what would be a good starting point for them to make a good first impression and really to get going? Absolutely. So one of the things you want to remember is the facial expression, your facial data, your facial confirmation and affirmations. How animated are you? How excited are you? So you, if you tell a little child that they're gonna go see Mickey, their face lights up. So make sure that you're with the 43 muscles, facial muscles that we have in our face and the well over 37 expressions to maybe 10,000 that we actually can make. Make sure that your facial expressions, they're there, that it doesn't come across like nondescript. You know how some people just have that blank look? Act like you're anticipating excitement if you're going on that first date or that blind date, just like I've been waiting for you all day long. Have that look of anticipation and let it be authentic. So if you take the acronym um, TAP, Think of tap dancing, tapping on the table. T as in Tom, A as in Apple, P as in Paul. So take that acronym and allow the T to be truth. I'm going to step in my truth. I'm going to come up as, as, as being who I am, you know, my truthful self, not hurtful self, my truthful self, so that I'm comfortable 
in my skin because you want to be who your best self is. Because some people say, well, I don't want to show up with my true self because that could be like uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You want to, you want your best truthful self to show up because that allows you, the brave says, wow, this is going to be a great experience. The A stands for being authentic. When you are authentic, when you are truthful, the hands, the facial expression, the body language, the tonality is all in sync. Wow, it's like a well-fined, a well-tuned choir <laughs> that's singing in harmony. Everything is congruent, if you will, when you're truthful and authentic. And the P stands for the proof. So when you're truthful and authentic, it shows up in the proof. And quite often you'll get, and I, I, I used to get this all the time when I'm meeting people or from dating people like, oh my gosh, Linda, it feels like I've known you all of my life or your old friend. Because when I show up in my comfortable self, my best self that I bring to you, then the proof is in the pudding. It's right there. Now, what that does, it allows me to get connected with the other person and be present. Everybody listening, take note of this, to be present, not just present, but 100% present in their presence. So can you imagine day to day where distraction, all the thousands of distractions that we have, and now you're in the restaurant or you're at the bar, things that are going on around you. Can you imagine how it feels that when you're talking to someone that no, that nothing in the room matters but them? So showing up and doing that and being present. Another thing that you want to do when you're meeting someone for the very first time, keep your power zones open. What are the power zones? Okay, I know you all taking notes because, you know, Michelle's audience is a smart audience. So I know you're taking notes, okay? So mm -hmm. the power zones is the throat area. That little dip there, not the, not the Adam's apple for the guys that are listening, but there's a dip in the throat area that's called the supersternal notch, then the heart area, then the belly button, and of course the reproductive area. Those are power zones. So when I say keep your power zones open, so you're sitting at the table, you order a beverage, and you're talking to each other, then all of a sudden, you know, someone asks a question, he asks you a question, she asks you a question, and you respond with your arms folded. So let me give you a good example. So let's say I say to you, hey, Michelle, uh, so, so, wow, you look beautiful, love your outfit, da, 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 da. And I'll say to you, we're having a good conversation and we're building rapport. Then all of a sudden I ask this question. So, so, so Michelle, have you, tell me about your worst relationship. I'm saying this on a first date, right? Tell me about your worst relationship. What if, Michelle, you just got out of a horrible relationship? Guess what you're going to do unconsciously, subconsciously, non-consciously? You're going to fold your arms. Uh-oh, guess what you just did? You closed off the heart area because now you're going back and you're thinking, oh my gosh, my heart was broken. So now you're protecting that self, yourself because the question was asked. Now, what does that mean to you during meeting someone for the very first time? It's this, they don't know your norm. In body language, we call it baseline. They don't know that you fold your arms. They don't know if you say, well, I'm cold. Well, if you're cold and you have a tendency to get cold, Michelle, wear a freaking jacket, bring a sweater. <laughs> so when people tell me all the time, I'm folding my arms right cold, where's your jacket? If you know you have that tendency, 
And my granny would say, honey, get you some iron. <laughs> so if you have a tendency to do that, because if I'm meeting you for the very first time, you're closing off to me and I'm going to take it personal. So make it so that you're comfortable. If you know that the place that you're going, you mean is going to be cold, bring your sweater, bring your, bring your jacket or whatever. So that when the arms folded, it's indicated unless you start rubbing. Because if the arms are just folded and you don't start rubbing your arms or whatever, like we do when we get the shivers, then the person is going to perceive that is you closed off because you closed off the heart, the heart area, which is a power zone. So the key thing is coming open, open. I think it was the late Wayne Dyer. Dr. Wayne Dyer says, be open to everything, but attached to nothing. So be open and, and then use, when you see the person for the very first time, cause you'd probably describe yourself. I'm going to say, Hey, I'm wearing a blue top. My hair is curly. I've got the big smile on my face. So what happens? Think about this. I want you to do an eyebrow flash. Everybody write this down. Eyebrow flash. So an eyebrow flash is this. Imagine you were invited to a networking event. You walk in the room and you scan the room and you do not know anyone in the room. So you're looking like, gosh, I'm the only one here. I don't know anybody here. Then all of a sudden you see a friend you have not seen in years. You see Sandy, you see Kevin. Guess what happens when you see someone familiar? What do your eyebrows do? They go up. That's both of them, not like the rock, not one. <laughs> they both go up. That's called an eyebrow flash. And when we use an eyebrow flash, it shows interest, surprise, intrigue when the eyebrows go up. So when someone tells you, did you know that uh, Linda won the billion dollar lottery? What did your eyebrows do? Wow, they go up. So it opens the face up and it has to be genuine. So I hope that helped for those of you that are listening right there. Practice, practice being excited. Yes. Thank you for sharing all those great tips. There's so much packed into that. And it is one of those things where it is fun to experiment with it. Right. And even, you know, maybe if you aren't going on a date this next week, you can also do this at work, right? You could do this in your day-to-day -day life with people you meet out in the world and really the benefits, they don't just apply to dating, right? It's going to apply, like you were saying, to any event, really any human interaction that you're having. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, and yeah. so I know you you touched on this in our last question, but can you share a little bit more now on the flip side? So say someone is going on a date, what should they be looking out for in someone else to really determine, is this going well, right? Like, how is this other person responding? What should our listeners be on the lookout for in someone else? So one of the things you want to watch is, this, first of all, let's listen to the conversation. If the conversation of the date is all about them, how awesome they are, how great they are. And they're never taking the time, Michelle, to find out what's important to you. What are your interests? You know, you may be dealing with someone who may be self-centered. So if someone is self-centered or if it's all about them, then quite often they may not have enough to give to you. You want to watch how they lean in if they're leaning in. So if you're if you're leaning in and they're talking to you sitting straight up, 
level head. And when I say level head, that you're sharing a story about a great win that you had at work. Are you sharing a story about an emotional situation that you triumphed from that? And that person is looking at you, a uh, serious face, nondescript, not even tilting their head to the right or the left, not even tilting their head in the emotional realm. So they're not showing any signs of empathy or understanding what you're sharing. Wow, you may be dealing with someone that their EQ, their emotional intelligence may be low. So what does that mean? So if you go are going through something, they may not be able to put themselves in your shoes to be able to understand, to have compassion, to show empathy or build rapport. And the other thing you want to be aware of, ladies and guys out there too, but this is specifically for the ladies that are listening and the fellows, I'll tell you something too, is that when you are talking constantly and sharing and they ask you a question, and they have a tendency to interrupt you and touch you at the same time. So in other words, if Michelle's asking me a question and Michelle said, hey, um, have you ever, Michelle said, I just got back from Jamaica and, and have you ever been to Jamaica? And then I said, yes, I have and I love it. And Michelle says, well, let me tell you about my experience as she starts sharing and I just keep interrupting. And when people interrupt you, it's, it's a form of dismissal, verbal dismissal in body language when, they, when someone interrupts you. But here's what else it does. It teaches, and this is good for personal and for business, for those out there in sales. It teaches the individual to respond to you in short answers. So did you go to Jamaica? Yes. Did you like it? Yes. Tell me about it. It was okay. Why are they giving you short answers? Because they're in fear that you would dismiss them again. So you watch for those little things. I think it was Maya Angelou that had the quote, when people show you who they are, believe them. Yes, and that's something that I speak to quite often on this podcast, but also with clients is making sure that people's actions, like you were saying at the beginning, are aligning with those words that they are saying because our actions are so, so powerful and giving them the time and space and opportunity to show you who they are, really. Um, yeah. You mentioned too, those signals of empathy. And I think this is really, really big, especially for most of my listeners are focused on really creating high caliber relationships, right? Where they're gonna feel that emotional connection. They're gonna have that empathy and support from their partner. So are there any other kind of things to look out for in terms of being able to gauge if someone is empathetic or if they are gonna be able to really support you in that emotional way? Absolutely. So Michelle, what I hear you saying is that many of your clients, particularly high caliber clients, it's very important for them to understand what are the signs that someone is displaying empathy and perhaps how can I be more empathetic and how do we know this? So what I just did is something called confirming or information confirmation. I'm confirming what I heard you say so that maybe if I got it wrong, you could correct me. So am I on the right, am I on the right path? Michelle, we want to give those tools and strategies so that we can all rev up our EQ and be aware of someone displaying empathy. So when someone's displaying that verbally, this is how this is how it sounds like. Oh my gosh, Michelle, I can 
I, I, I understand how you feel. It's kind of like da 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 da, and they're explaining what you just shared, but they're adding the emotions to it. And to give you even a better example, I couldn't, I could not even understand, imagine how it would feel like to lose a mother. So when my friends would have deaths and loss in their family, I can sympathize with them. But Michelle, I could not even put my shells, myself in their shoes because I, I didn't even allow myself to go there. But it was when I lost my mother that I can verbalize and detail the emotions, the roller coaster of emotions that an individual would go through. So empathy is when you almost at instantaneous put yourself in their shoes. Kind of like remember the movie with Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Swayze and Ghost when she would encompass his body at that moment. So, and one of the biggest things that you can do when someone feels understood, it is so powerful because what it says is, you get me, get me. And I like to be around people and your audience would probably agree who understands and who gets their customer, the person they're involved in the relationship, rather than dismissing how they feel as being silly, immature, wow. And so when you verbalize it, well, here's what it does. It allows that person to come in the door and open up and share more. Because remember, they're on guard. We are on guard when we meet someone. We're on guard when we have those relationships because we all want to be accepted and we run the fear of being judged. That's why we're on guard. And when people accept us with their words and their tone and their, their nonverbal, wow, you will have a raving fans and advocates for life. Mm, absolutely. And I love, uh, I love all of this so, so much. It's going to be so, so valuable for everyone to hear. And something that we also talk about quite a bit, and I know a lot of my listeners are looking to build more confidence. So I would love to hear from you if you have any tips on how someone can really, again, they're showing that confidence rather than just telling um, in both, you know, verbally, but also non-verbally as well. What are some good tips for people to get started with? So one of the things I, when I, I, I speak to a lot of Z's and, and um, millennials quite a bit, and many of them in, into the workforce. And one of the things that they have is imposter syndrome. And many of them are concerned about what if I don't have the confidence you do? It's like the wizard of Oz. And I always think of the lion wanting courage and, and the, uh, the scarecrow wanting a brain and the tin man wanting a heart. But the most powerful thing is when, Dor when the Glenda the Good Witch said you had it in you all along. Here's what I want everyone to listen to and understand. Even if you are an identical twin, no one has the same identical fingerprints. Why am I telling you this? Is because the gift, the talent, the treasure, the skills, the energy that you have, no one has it but you. So understand that when people meet you for the very first time, they are meeting you as you are meeting them and we're all on display. But here's what I want you to remember. This is what I do all the time. I say to myself, 
I'm going to give my best self. I'm giving 100% and nothing less. I am writing my own script as to who I am. Here is the deal. I know you've got the confidence. The reason why I know you have it is because everyone listening, at least 90% of you, everyone listening, grew up if you had the mental capacity and the creativity and you dared to dream. Everyone grew up thinking, I'm going to be a super a superhero. I'm going to be a princess. I'm going to be this character because we learned to imitate it. We saw it in our mind. If you could see it in your mind, you could have it in your hand. You believed at that moment, even as a child, that you can do anything. And my question, who told you that you couldn't? So somewhere along the way, so I'm telling you to go back and get that childlike curiosity, that childlike confidence, that thing that you have, because who told you that you could not do it? So I'm asking you and I'm challenging you to take it to the max. Take it to the max. There's no such thing as failure. It's feedback with new data. So you go out and be your best and act as is. My granny used to say, act as is. Write your script. I am a powerful woman. I am a powerful man. I am a powerful human being. And I was put on this earth to add value and solve a problem for someone who's been waiting all their life for me. Mm -hmm. when, you change, I, when mm -hmm. you change Michelle when you change your thoughts can I leave you with this when you change your thoughts you'll change the way you talk and when you change your thoughts and the way you talk guess what else happens you'll change the way you walk mm. Mm, so powerful and I'm over here just nodding my head and smiling because that is it's everything and it's something it's that we talk about a lot on the podcast, but also with clients. And it, it just, it shifts everything. It, like you were saying, it all starts within the mind and it gets created in your reality after that. So thank you for sharing that. And it's such a great reminder that often our limitations or, you know, what we think isn't possible was placed on us by someone or something else. And going back to, like you were saying, when you were born, right, you didn't have those limitations. So we have to come back to that and kind of decondition in a sense from what we have picked up on. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. And I just have two more questions here. Yes. So I think what everyone is probably wondering, we've talked a lot about the positives, right? Of, okay, what can I tap into? What can I be on the lookout for? But a question that came to my mind is how can you tell if someone, right? How can we tap into the subconscious and the nonverbal if someone isn't being entirely truthful or, you know, maybe what to look out for, that can be an indicator of maybe their actions won't align with the words they're saying. What can we be on the lookout for? So I'm going to give you three C's, three C's in reading nonverbals. First, watch for clusters of movements. So for example, just because I'm folding my arms and you walked in the room doesn't mean that I'm closed off. You might've walked in the room and you miss me shivering. And then you may miss where someone bought uh, me a scarf or a jacket or a shawl because I was cold. So don't judge me off the first movement. Make sure that all of the movements are consistent. So if my arms are folded, folded, I started shivering. Someone brings me a scarf, jacket. Oh my gosh, she was cold. 
just because you walked in on the last movement, the folded arms, you may judge me as being standoff. So watch for clusters of movements to validate what you're thinking or feeling. The second C is congruency. Making sure that the words and the tone and the nonverbal are congruent. So if I'm saying to your audience, if they were able to see picture vision, if they were able to see me and my arms are folded and I'm saying to the audience, oh, you know, I really love you and I care a lot about you. Well, for some reason, just listening to me, they don't even have to see me. It doesn't sound convincing. So when the words and the tone and the nonverbal are incongruent. If all three don't agree, there's a disconnect in the message between you and me. And of course, context. Context is very critical. I'm traveling right now and I'm in a city right now, a major city where the temperature is 101 every day this week, every single day. Now, because it's hot, <laughs> that's just because it's hot. What if I was to go on stage in front of the audience in winter gear or a full length fur coat, be it real or faux, in winter gear, it is out of context. So if things that they're saying or doing are out of context, that's gonna send a sign to you. And here's another little tidbit. Now, I'm just sharing this with your audience and I'm sharing this with you all and I want you all to respond to Michelle and thank her because I'm about to give you a juicy tip. People quite often ask me because my friends invite me to dinner all the time and to lunch. I don't even buy groceries because they're inviting me out as their human lie detector. <laughs> you know, what I'm looking for is stress. That's what I'm looking for. But here's what I found. People who are telling the truth will convey the information. I'm gonna say, here's what happened. This is what happened, it was rain, I don't know, 10 to 12. I heard a siren, then this went off, somebody ran across the street screaming, okay? You know, they're conveying the information. People who are being deceptive are trying to convince you of the information. So for example, you are my boss and you bring me in the office and you say, Linda, do you know anything about the hundred dollars that's missing from the, you know, the petty, the petty uh, cash that we have. Oh, no, 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 I don't know, Michelle. No, I mean, what, no, what hundred dollars? Notice that, no, 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 my vocal tone changed. No, 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 I don't know anything about it. What a simple no would do, right? Mm -hmm. Then I'll leave the room and you'll say, okay, I'm just going to check with a few other people because, you know, the reason why I brought you in, Linda, because there was like four of you, you were one of them that was in the break room when it happened. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't take it. No, I didn't take it. And by the way, when I'm saying no, that I didn't take it, my hands go behind my back. Oh, mm -hmm. what about the kid that took the last cookie and you told him not to get the cookie before dinner? And moms, you're asking the child, did you take the cookie? You see the crumbs all over their little mouth, but you want to see if they'll tell the truth. The kid shakes his head, no. But guess what they do with their hands? The cookie's gone. They put their hands behind their back. They ball it up in a little fist. When the kid throws the rock, did you throw the rock? They break the window. The rock is gone. They hide their hands. You see it in politicians. You see it with people talking. So when those movements are not congruent. So, and here's what, and here's what the deceptive person will do. Remember, 
they're trying to convince. Now, I gave you my story. Michelle, I didn't take the petty cash, okay? I'm out of here, I'm done. I released it. But if I'm not being truthful, I'm gonna come back in the office later on. Hey, Michelle, did you ever find out who took the petty cash? Oh no, we're still investigating. Uh, and then later on, and towards the end of the day, you know what, Michelle, um, there was somebody else in there too when I was in there. What are you trying to convince me of? So the person who is being deceptive is trying to convince you that they're innocent. The person who is telling the truth, look, it was between 10 and 12, this and that, that's what it is. They're done with it. They released it. It is your responsibility to find out who took the money. I'm not going to carry that with me all day. So remember, either convince when the, the person who is being deceptive or holding something back is going to try to convince you that they're innocent. And the person who is being truthful and authentic will look, here are the facts. They'll convey the information. And that's what happened. That's, that's, that's my truth. And I'm sticking to it. Mm, yes. I love that. Having that simple convince or convey. And I can see this too, if someone's in on a date, right. And they're sharing a certain type of story, they're going to try to do more convincing to probably, I would assume, come across in a certain way, yes. right. Versus just conveying how it went down or yes. what the story was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. That's a, that's a great thing to remember, convince or convey. And before we wrap up, and I would love for you to share, you know, where people can find you, what you'd recommend for them to check out. But before we do that, is there anything else that I didn't ask or didn't touch on that you feel like is important that you want to share? Yeah. One of the things to remember that when you are your authentic self and you're building rapport, you can wake up the next morning and be who you are versus what did I say? What did I do? How did I act? Or if you shared something that wasn't true, do you know what happens when you we tell something and it builds up and builds up and builds up and it builds up? And by the way, when someone is being deceptive, they cannot tell the story backwards. They can only tell it one way. And they're thinking as they're going along. And quite often they're still very sitting still when they're conveying the information, sharing the information, trying to convince you. Why is that? Because they're thinking of the lie as, as part of their journey. And if any movement will throw them off their path. Plus they have to keep their eyes on you to see if you're buying it. Mm. And the last thing that I want to say mm. to you, That's I have good. a, I have a wonderful course on Mind Valley called Body Language for Dating. You all have to check it out. And, and follow me on, on Instagram at Linda Clemens. And that's Clemens with one M, C-L-E-M-O-N-S, Linda with the I, not Y. And you can, and you know, just check it out. And you can get, there's a free giveaway that I have talking about the, the seven emotions. Because for every emotion, there's emotion. Wow. So check that out, that little giveaway. But my Mind Valley course, Body Language for Dating, I talk about the wet voice, the voice of seduction, you know, how things that you can do to have the person totally into you through your nonverbals, you will love it. So I'm excited about that. Mm, oh, 
yes, yes, yes. Everyone go check that out. We will also put that in the show notes so you can access all the links there easily. And thank you again so much for joining Linda. I really appreciate it. This is so packed with so much great knowledge and definitely everyone, if you weren't taking notes, go back, play it again, take notes throughout because there was so much good stuff. Thank you again so much. You're more than welcome. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review and shared your takeaways and what you enjoyed about it. If you are interested in exploring working together one-on-one, I would love to invite you to book a call with me by clicking the link below in the show notes. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon and I'll see you in the next episode.